Matt and Mike in the morning. Welcome back to Matt and Mike in the morning. This is Old Testament lesson 21 to be taught on February the 25th. Today we get two prophets and a, and a righteous king. The scope of this lesson is oh, about half the Bible. It's a lot. How many chapters did you say? About 80. 80 chapters. So all of the book of Isaiah, there's three different volumes really within the book of Isaiah and talks the lessons talks about talks about that and then some chapters from second Kings Kings and second Chronicles as well but a and lot of good history all of the prophet Micah all all of the prophet Micah you get to do all of that that's right good so there's a, a theme in the book of Judges um and in Kings and in Chronicles and is this the Lord will fight for us there's a different phrase that this book has it's the Lord our God will fight our battles uh, but but that is it. And when the people of Israel, the judges of Israel, the kings of Israel uh, think that they are the ones who are doing all the work, they are the ones who through their weaponry, through their massive numbers of, uh, of soldiers can win the battle, it doesn't go well for them. But when they trust in the word of the Lord, usually through the mouth of the prophets, uh, that the battle is the Lord's, then they win. And uh, there's many instances where the Lord specifically whittles down the number, uh, reduces the armament, so that the people will be assured it's God who controls all things, and it's God who fights for us. And we see that in Jesus, it's God who fights for us against the devil, ultimately the battle of the cross. And devil, uh, Jesus puts the devil to death, death to death, through his death. Yeah. You know, Pastor Worm, you've been a pastor for... 14 years now? How long? 15. 15 years. Um, how many people have you converted into the Christian faith? None. None. How many spiritual battles have you won? Have I won myself? Yeah. yeah. Well, I lose them all. Oh, okay. And yet this is the track record of the Christian faith, that our Lord fights for us. Um, no. the, the Holy Spirit is the one who calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies. I lose the battles. But then the devil, uh, I lose the battles against the devil, but then Christ comes along and with the work of the Holy Spirit, wins the battle, converts the other people to get them to say, mm -hmm. the members to say, I believe in Jesus, I'm going to turn from my sin, I'm going to follow, uh, follow God's word more authentically. Yeah, so it's, a, it's not me who gets to arm wrestle people into the faith, it's the, right. the words of the Holy Spirit, it's not me who beats the devil down, it's the name of Christ. That's right. So I take up the sword of the spirit, uh, the word of truth, go to battle for others, typically in prayer, soaked in God's word, and in conversation, drenched in God's word as well. And the devil then flees. That's right. And so the parallel um, that I was trying to make there is that um, in the Old Testament times, when it was literal battles yeah. um, oh. and that sort of thing, that it's, it's, it's God who fights for his people. And even today, um, with, with spiritual battles, with people converting to the Christian faith, people coming to believe, um, it's the Lord who, who provides that. I like this lesson and how they, they go through uh, the siege of Jerusalem with um, the king of Assyria, Sennacherib. And they even mentioned how they fortified the, the tunnel to bring mm -hmm. water from the Gihon Spring into the... Uh, the city of Jerusalem. I think it's hard for us to comprehend in our modern world just what an ancient siege would have looked like, but it sometimes it goes on for years, and so there's no food left in the city. If they can starve them out of water, then people die left and right. Mm -hmm. You can't get out of the city, so there's no way to take garbage or even bodies out. It's it's just horrific for us to 
I did beyond imagination of uh, of the horror of what siege warfare was like in the Old Testament. Probably the closest thing we have to that uh, would have been like World War One and the siege warfare in the trenches, and that was mm-hmm. that was horrific as well. And even then, the challenge was getting supplies up to the troops. Yeah. Which, when you're when you're in a city that's being besieged, there is no getting supplies in. Um, and so this tunnel was really significant, and the tunnel's still there today, mm-hmm. as a Kai's tunnel. Um, you can walk through it. Really? So I, I hope that people don't drink from it, because we had pretty dirty feet when we were walking through it. <laughs> but getting back to the lesson here, it starts off with a call of Isaiah, holy, 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 that's like Isaiah um, 6, I believe mm-hmm. it is, is where that comes from. And then it goes through this interaction uh, and conversation between King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah. And for the most part, Hezekiah listens to him. Uh, he gets a little scared of the king of Assyria, which I think I would too, because king of Assyria was, was quite powerful. But he repents of that, he returns to the Lord, he trusts in the Lord, and then the angel of the Lord comes and wipes out 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in mm-hmm. one night. And um, they wake up in the morning, there's no more Assyrian army out there, and so the siege is over. Why? Because the Lord had fought for them, so mm-hmm. that theme comes across. There's another uh, bit in here about the Lord confirming his word to King Hezekiah and give him 15 more years after an illness because a shadow walked backwards along the wall. I think we have to watch out that we don't look for extra special signs like that today. I think we talked about that a few weeks ago as, as well. The Lord speaks to us through his word, Hebrews mm-hmm. chapter 1, verse 1. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets, like with shadows going backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not only in his last days, he's spoken to us by his son, Jesus. And so we, we hold to scripture. Uh, the, the author of Hebrews gives us the, those words. The lesson, at least what I'm going to kind of wrap up with, is uh, uh, after Isaiah um, was, was done, was that it? Anyways, oh, after King Hezekiah, his king, his son Manasseh uh, began to reign, and he was a really bad king. We're going to hear more about him next week. Yeah, he filled Jerusalem from end to end with blood, with innocent blood. Yeah. Just, just bad. Don't, don't name your kid uh, Manasseh. Manasseh, no. No yeah. bueno. All right, what do you know about Micah? Um, well, he's about six foot three. He, uh, very, very handsome man. <laughs> Um, no, the mic of the Bible. Oh, that's not me. The prophet. <laughs> um, my nickname in the office is the is the is the prophet, or occasionally the yeah. wizard. And you're the pope. Um, what was what was Annette back when we had these nicknames? Choir director or something? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, Micah is significant um, for a couple of prophecies. One is that um, is that the the coming savior, the Messiah, the anointed one one who's anointed with the Holy Spirit in his baptism, right, Jesus, um, he will be born in a wee little town of Bethlehem, um, which is uh, eh, a couple hours walk away from Jerusalem on the outskirts there. Bethlehem was the city of David, uh, where David was from when he was a shepherd, um, that the Savior would also be a shepherd to God's people. And this is a comforting image because it assumes that God's people are dumb, um, that they're prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, right? Um, but that the Lord himself will come <clears throat> and he will guide his people uh, to springs of living water. You know, all, all these images are, are related to each other there. That's what I got for our lesson today. We'll see you next time on Mad Micah in the Morning.